0: Absolutely. I've been very blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to call it, in that I've had some exits myself in the past. But I think angel investors see themselves in entrepreneurs, right? Because when you first start out, you're going through the ringer yourself. And so when I meet really passionate entrepreneurs that are trying to solve problems, I see myself in them. And if they've got what I feel like for me personally, the drive and the passion and the knowledge to get it done, then I certainly like to jump on those ships. From the PodConnect Studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising
1: Cannabis Capital Show. Today on the MJ Bulls Podcast, we are continuing this year's Cannabis Investor Series with Marian, Maria Thassen, the CEO and co-founder of Simplify. Marion, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Dan. It's nice to be here.
1: I'm glad you could join us today. And now Simplifia is the leading provider of regulatory and operational compliance software for the cannabis industry. And we're going to do a show exclusively about Simplifia in the future. But for today, we're going to be talking about investments because Marianne has a ton of experience on both sides of the investing, whether it's raising money or investing money. And that's where I'd like to start. Last year, we saw valuations really go down, which prompted a lot of cannabis companies to put their fundraising on hold. Is now a good time for companies to raise capital?
0: Yeah, I think I've seen things turn quite a bit. Last year at Simplify, we actually did do a bridge run and we closed $2 million, but I think we were one of the few that were able to actually raise Primarily because I think investors got spooked by COVID and what that was going to do to the market in general. But this year so far, I've seen quite a bit of activity as we march towards some sort of form of legalization. There's a lot of excitement brewing out, not just in the angel world, but in the venture world. And so it's no better time right now than uh, what's happening.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it, like last year was scary, there's no doubt about it. But I think now, People are starting to feel more comfortable, and I I see a lot more activity. Let's talk about your cannabis investing. Do you have a fund, or what type of stages do you like to invest in, or what type of sectors do you like to invest in?
0: Yeah, so for me, I'm a little bit more go where the wind blows me. (laughs) Currently, I've got 22 investments, 20 of which are in the cannabis space. I'm not a very sophisticated investor, so I go much more with my gut. I do have a business partner that does more of the diligence. But for me, I'm looking for a solid team or a solid founder. Obviously, the concept, what's the problem that they're trying to solve? And then really, do they have the drive and the passion to get it? As an entrepreneur, when I started out, gosh, 18 some years ago, I had no clue what I was doing, but I had the drive to solve problems, right? Mm-hmm. And in different areas. And so I consider myself an angel investor, typical checks are anywhere from 100 to 250, maybe. And it also helps if there's a venture group that's also looking at them. Are there other investors? There's a whole host of things that I think people look for, but those are a few that I focus on.
1: You mentioned the angel investor, and maybe you can explain how the relationship between an angel investor and the company is different than a relationship between a company and a VC firm.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I wanted to add, you asked earlier about what stage of companies then and just to be very clear. So I typically go in. So it'd be a nice segue into your question right now. If you're an early stage company as a startup, founders around seed stage, that's usually where I like to play in because I don't like to just write the check. I like to also be able to add value. Right. And I think a lot of VCs and angels try and say that. And even for me, if I can't add value and I really like the company, I'll say that being the case up front. But typically, if it's a tech-related company, I like to make introductions. I like to help them think through the process, the vision, what the roadmap looks like. Typically, a VC comes in when you're a little bit more mature, you've got some traction. Merida Capital is a great example. They're one of our early investors. And they're a little different, I think, than the traditional ones. But just like Silverleaf Capital, which is another investor of ours, they, when they come in, they're looking at, again, what's your run rate, where are you headed, what kind of team do you have? But the difference between an angel and a VC is that an angel is coming in earlier on, so they have much more risk, right? And so they're going to try and handhold you, trying to guide you much more than a VC would. Not to say that VCs don't, because they also, even Merida and Silverleaf, they certainly want to be helpful, because typically they have much more of a diverse portfolio. Will they have the opportunity to spend that time Most likely not, but, you know, it just depends.
1: I think with the angels, a lot of them seem like they were successful entrepreneurs and then gravitated towards the investing side after having a successful entrepreneurial career, or in your case, while you're having a successful. So you bring that entrepreneurial gene or DNA to the equation. I think that's important for the, like you said, the introductions and, and those are critical.
0: Absolutely. I've been very blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to call it, in that I've had some exits myself in the past. But I think angel investors see themselves in entrepreneurs, right? Because when you first start out, you're going through the ringer yourself. And so when I meet really passionate entrepreneurs that are trying to solve problems, I see myself in them. And if they've got what I feel like for me personally, the drive and the passion and the knowledge to get it done, then I certainly like to jump on those ships.
1: If they were, a company was considering raising money, say like in six months, what type of things should they be doing now so that they get on your radar?
0: Yeah, so as you can imagine, that unfortunately, there's a lot of companies and people trying to raise money and not as many maybe investors so one of the things that i personally like is if someone really wants to meet with me for an investment to get an introduction to me from someone else i know that's really important because again i get hit up often this point probably five to ten times a week and if that's the easiest way to read through the pun intended right the crowd and then outside of that just really have your financial projections your deck I don't need to see extremely detailed plans. A business plan or a business deck is really just a roadmap of where you see the company going, right? And so even if it's high level, oftentimes I joke that investors are a little bit ADD. So if you give them too much details, they're gonna get lost in it. So high level, 10 to 20 pages or slides, a clean financial projection. And then you need to be able to really back that up as to how you got to those. And that's that's really what I look for. And then, as I mentioned earlier on the show, then I like to see at least two founders, a founder and a co-founder, because I, I think this is just my personal experience. When you have a one-man team, it's really hard to think through all the different nuances and areas and keep yourself motivated. So I really look for at least a two-person team that's starting out
1: that's interesting that's interesting i know a lot of early stage companies their first funding round will usually be in the form of a convertible note and if if they've never done one before there's a little bit of confusion behind that have you done some and maybe you can explain how they work
0: yeah so convertible notes from my perspective it's i think some will argue there's benefits and drawbacks on both sides but i think the benefits really for the company is that you can get it done quickly, right? Versus an equity run where valuation and all sorts of different components come into play, including the the subscription docs. And there's just a lot of documentation that has to be done. But with a convertible note, it's much easier because one, the company can say, hey, we're raising, call it 1 million at a $6 million valuation cap, right? We're willing to give you a 5% discount, and there's a coupon. And what does all that mean? It's basically like debt, right? So if you put in a half a million dollars, you're getting a half a million dollars in a note that matures in a certain date, has a discount to it, and when it converts, there's a coupon. And what that means is down the road, when an equity round is actually done, my debt converts into equity, but there's some preferential treatment for me because I came in early on. And that's the easiest way to explain it, and which is why I, I think it is becoming more and more of a popular tool, but I, I think it's a great tool for startups.
1: I think it's a great tool, too. And it's also like you said, it makes things yes. a lot less complicated yes. and help we have so much more to talk about, Marion. But but as I mentioned, we're going to have you back on to, to do a whole show about Simplifia. but If anybody wants to reach out to Marion or have one of their friends reach out on on their behalf to Marion and do that warm intro, we'll have his contact information in the show notes. And so you just click the link or go to podconnects.com to learn more about possibly working with Marion and definitely to learn more about Simplifia. Marion, this was fun. Thanks, Dan. Well,
0: you know, you've got good energy and you make easy questions happen. And and it's it's been a lot of fun. It's a topic I like to talk about anyway. So appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
1: Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's Top 100 Influencers in Cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.